There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir. They have the car stopped in We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon. I'm a retired NYPD detective sergeant with 27 years of service. And if you like real crime stories from a police perspective, then you're in the right place. Folks, horrendous happening in Buffalo, New York yesterday in something that's been called, um, well, we've been calling it the same thing for years. We've been calling it an active shooter incident and just a horrific Horrific situation. A 18-year-old male planned this attack for over a month, uh, and he drove three hours to accomplish his mission, which was to shoot up a super a supermarket in Buffalo called Tops. The perpetrator, a male white named Peyton Gendron, drove three hours from uh, Conklin, New York, and where he then he gunned down ten people, killed ten people, but shot thirteen people. Uh, Mr. Gendron was charged with first-degree murder and is expected to be indicted on additional charges. He pleaded not guilty and is being held without bail. He's due back in court on Thursday. As I said before, 10 people were killed and three were reported injured after he opened fire inside a Buffalo supermarket on Saturday, all the while live-streaming the attack on a uh, social social media site called Twitch. Um Gendron had the N-word scrawled on his rifle when he allegedly targeted the store in a predominantly black area and shot 11 black people. Uh, Ex-Buffalo cop Aaron Salter Jr., who was working as a security guard, tried to stop the gunman but was fatally shot. Uh, He undoubtedly is a a hero. He shot the gunman, uh, Mr. Gendron, in the chest. However, his heavy body armor saved his saved the shooter's life ruth whitfield 86 a former buffalo fire commissioner's mother was also killed in the attack uh just a horrific situation when we talk about active shooters there's a definition of it an active shooter is a shooter that goes in to a location specifically to kill people just to shoot people for no reason randomly pick people off and he, he, and usually it's a he, uh, there has been incidents where it was a she, but he does not stop until he's stopped. He either commits suicide, he's stopped by police, he's shot by police, or he's uh, wrestled to the ground by uh, bystanders. In this instance, he surrendered after an overwhelmed presence of police responded, and it appeared that he was going to commit suicide. However, instead, He just surrendered. I happened to watch um, some of the video that he had put on Twitch, and it was horrific to watch. You got to remember, I was in homicide for 10 years, so I've seen a lot of bad stuff out there. This was some of the worst stuff I've ever seen. If you ever saw a human being in the act of being shot by some crazy guy, that's what it was like, and it was extremely horrific to watch. I'm going to play a little video from Face the Nation this morning. Uh, I hear their take on it. Hello, New York, where an 18-year-old male is in police custody following a mass shooting that killed 10 and injured three others. That massacre is being investigated by the Justice Department as a hate crime and an act of, quote, racially motivated violent extremism. President Biden referred to it as an act perpetrated in the name of white nationalist ideology, and he has called for an end to hate-fueled domestic terrorism. CBS News correspondent Nancy Chen reports. A shooter, a mass shooter. A frantic scene after a gunman opened fire at a top supermarket Saturday afternoon, starting in the parking lot. Police say the heavily armed suspect shot four people outside, killing three before moving inside the store. When I first saw him shooting, he shot a woman, he shot a deacon, he shot another woman, and then he went in the store and started shooting again. 
That's when police say he encountered a retired police officer working as a security guard who fired multiple shots that hit the gunman but didn't impact him because of his tactical gear. The suspect then killed the guard. Officers say the suspect held a gun to his own neck after encountering police, but eventually surrendered. This was pure evil. It was straight up racially motivated hate crime. Of the 13 people shot, 11 were black. The suspect, 18-year-old Peyton Gendron, is believed to have posted a hate-filled manifesto shortly before the shooting, which he also live-streamed on the social media platform Twitch, authorities say. A law enforcement source told CBS News the suspect allegedly yelled racial slurs during the attack. To see that sense of security shattered by an individual, a white supremacist who has engaged in an act of terrorism. Gendron is from Conklin, New York, about three and a half hours from Buffalo. He was arraigned hours after the attack on a first-degree murder charge, pleading not guilty. A first-degree murder charge carries a sentence of life in prison without parole if convicted. The suspect is being held without bond and is set to appear in court again on Thursday. Margaret? You know, folks, you wonder, like, what level of hatred could make someone do something like this? Just outrageous, the hatred in someone's heart. And I think that that has to be coupled in this instance and in many instances of active shooters is mental illness. I think he was also had been on the radar of um, of police and FBI. He had threatened um, he had threatened to shoot up his school uh, about three or four months ago, and he was so he was on their radar. However, he was still able to obtain this. Um, you know, they describe it as an assault rifle. There's nothing. I think in the gun world called an assault rifle. It was a semi-automatic uh, rifle, which was extremely accurate. He um, he was an accomplished shooter. You could see, I mean, I watched that horrific video and you could see that he was just, uh, he knew what he was doing. And in addition to, to the shooting, he was wearing tactical gear with a helmet that had a helmet camera that was able to show what he was doing. This is the Buffalo police officer. Uh, his name is Aaron Salter Jr. He just recently retired. And that's the, the definition of hero. He encountered this guy without a second thought, fired numerous shots at him, hit him in the, uh, in the chest. However, he was wearing heavy duty armor. It failed to penetrate the armor and the, the officer, the recently retired Buffalo police officer uh, lost his life. Uh, you can't get any braver than that, him engaging this this crazy gunman. I can't even imagine when you look at this community. Um, I sort of have a, a soft spot in my heart for Buffalo. I went to college in Buffalo. I'll tell you how many years ago. I went to Buffalo State College. And I always found, uh, we'll call them Buffalonians, I always found them to be very warm, uh, very caring, and always willing to help. And I think that comes from living in this area of upstate New York that has horrific weather, has really uh, very cold, and it always seems like there's some kind of precipitation going on. But people in Buffalo are always willing to help each other out. And I think that comes from the, the harsh climate that they live in. Um, right away, it seems that this has been declared a hate crime, and, and uh, for obvious reasons. I believe that the shooter had what they're calling a manifesto, and the FBI has recovered it. Uh, he was actually, a, a witness said that he was there yesterday, uh, the day before the actual shooting. So on the, uh, yesterday was the 14th, on the 13th was there. So he may have been doing what we call a recon, checking out the area. And in this instance, in this shooting, he um, killed three or shot killed three people in the parking lot, shot four, and then made his way into the supermarket, top supermarket, and continued shooting people, which is just, you know, you cannot get any more horrific than that. You can't imagine how this community and this very close-knit community of Buffalo, New York, is suffering right now. I'm just going to play some of the public officials yesterday who were on the scene. You can see 
the hurt in their faces. It's written all over their faces. And that all of us are feeling right now cannot even be explained. Uh, some of us had the opportunity to provide comfort to some of the families, but needless to say, there is no comfort at this time. We are pleased that a shooter is in custody. Uh, the person responsible for the tragic events of today uh, is in custody. You will get more details in a moment. I want to thank all of the law enforcement agencies at the federal, state, county, and city level, all of the agencies that have responded. Uh, Buffalo is known as the city of good neighbors nationally and internationally. This is a community where people love each other. The shooter was not from this community. In fact, the shooter traveled hours from outside this community to perpetrate this crime on the people of Buffalo. A day when people were enjoying the sunshine, enjoying family, enjoying friends, all manner of happy activities. People in a supermarket shopping and bullets raining down on them. People's lives being snuffed out in an instant for no reason. I have to say that this particular top supermarket is near and dear to my heart. It's one that I worked years ago to help bring to this community. It's one that I patronize from time to time. My family patronizes from time to time. And some of the victims of this shooter's attack are people that all of us standing up here know. So this is a day of great pain for our community. I want to uh, just recognize uh, some of those that are with us today before I turn things over to our police commissioner, Joseph Grimaglio, to give you more detail. I uh, want to recognize County Executive Mark Polencar's Erie County Executive, um, uh, Congressman Brian Higgins, Council President, Buffalo City Council President Darius Pridgen, Erie County Legislature Chairwoman April Baskin, Erie County Legislator Howard Johnson. I want to recognize uh, Governor Kathy Hochul uh, uh, and thank her for her calls. Uh, governor staff is with us now, and uh, the governor is flying back into town and will be here sometime after 7 o'clock. I want to recognize Attorney General Letitia James, uh, who has also called, and we have also received calls from the White House. Uh, again, uh, this is a day of great sadness uh, for all of us in the city of Buffalo. Uh, to provide you with um, more detail, I want to turn things over to Buffalo Police Commissioner Joseph Gramalia. Thank you, Mayor. At approximately 2.30 today, an individual who the mayor stated is not from this area and is from hours away, drove to Buffalo, went to 1275 Jefferson Avenue to the Tops Market. He exited his vehicle. He was very heavily armed. He had tactical gear. He had a tactical helmet on. He had a camera that he was live streaming what he was doing. The individual exited his car and engaged four individuals. He shot four people in the parking lot. Three of those were deceased. One individual uh, at this time is surviving the injury. The individual went inside, as I said, he's an 18-year-old white male, walked into the store and began engaging customers inside the store. One of the individuals inside the store is a security guard, a beloved security guard, who is a retired Buffalo police officer, a hero in our eyes, engaged the suspect, fired multiple shots, struck the suspect, but because he had heavily armed, uh, armored plating on, uh, that bullet had no round. The suspect engaged our retired officer, and he was ultimately uh, shot and deceased at the scene. He continued to work his way through the store. Um, ultimately, um, 
He worked his way back towards the front of the store. Buffalo police immediately respond, engage the suspect in the uh, vestibule of the store. And at that point, the suspect put the gun to his own neck. Buffalo police personnel, two patrol officers, uh, talked the suspect into dropping the gun. He dropped the gun, took off some of his tactical gear, surrendered at that point, and he was led outside, um, put in a police car and transported to Buffalo police headquarters. So as we said, a total of 13 people were shot today, 10 deceased at the scene, and three sustained um, non-life-threatening injuries. It appears to be non-life-threatening injuries at that point. Uh, four in total were store employees. One of those was the security guard who has worked at that location for a very long time. Um, and, uh, you know, many officers are on scene here, knew him quite well. And uh, the rest of the victims are customers of the store. Um, you know, as the mayor said, this is this, this uh, tragic incident by someone who is not a part of our community, does not live here. Um, we'll let uh, some of the other agencies get into the information that's been posted online. And I will turn this over at this point first to our Erie County Sheriff, John Garcia. I would like to thank all of the agencies. Uh, we have a very, very close working relationship with every level of government, every level of law enforcement, uh, and everybody was immediately calling and responding. We had a command post set up, and everybody is asking what we can do and how can we pitch in. Uh, the individuals from several hours away, the New York State Police and the FBI, are investigating that part of the crime as well. So I will turn this over at this point to Erie County Sheriff John Garcia. Thank you. You know, folks, I'd just like to make a comment here. Um, outstanding response uh, from the Buffalo police, of course. They couldn't prevent this tragedy, but they prevented it from going any further. They prevented any other people. When you think of the bravery of this retired um, Buffalo police officer, Aaron Salter, how he engaged this gunman, even though outgunned you know, a semi-auto rifle against a, undoubtedly a handgun, and he took him on and he lost his life. But also law enforcement, unwavering, they respond and they go right into the threat and they go right, uh, they take down they take down the threat or they cause the threat to, um, to surrender. And that, that's, that's an amazing thing because not many human beings are willing to do that. However, the, um, I just wanted to hang on one second. Folks, I just want to put something on the screen and when we we spoke about initially um, about active shooters, and this country has had its share, more than its share of active shooters. Uh, and up on the screen, I have any, it may, may not be big enough, but I'll read some of it. October twenty uh, October first, twenty seventeen, fifty eight people were killed at the Mandalay Bay shooting in Las Vegas. Um, June twelfth, twenty sixteen, forty nine killed at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. Um, April 16th, 2007, Virginia Tech shooting, 32 killed. Sandy Hook Elementary School, November 5th, 2017, 26 killed. Sutherland Springs Church shooting, October 16th, 1991, 23 killed. Luby's Massacre, Killeen, Texas, 21 killed. Sanders Zadero McDonald's Massacre, August 1st, 1966, 18 killed. University of Texas uh, Tower shooting, Austin, Texas, February 14th, 2018, 17 killed. Goes down and down and down. One of the ones we remember, all of us remember, was Columbine High School, uh, February 18th, 1983. Uh, excuse me, that, that's incorrect. April 20th, 1999, 13 killed, 24 injured. The Fort Hood shooting, uh, April 3rd, 2009, 13 killed. Four injured. So we are no strangers to this in this country. Uh, active shooters is something that we've had to live with. And law enforcement in understanding this has trained personnel throughout the nation in how we respond. We don't respond the same way to an active shooter as we did in 1999 at the Columbine shooting where the police were criticized for waiting to go inside that building as Harris and Klebold, the two shooters in the incident, kept shooting and killing their fellow students. Now law enforcement goes right in and um, encounters the gunman right away. And that has saved many, many lives over the years. 
I see I have uh, Phil Grimaldi, uh, my co-host. He's uh, I'm going to bring him into the shot. Phil, we've been talking about active shooters and, of course, this whole Buffalo incident, which is just so horrendous. I can't even uh, – it's just sad. As I, I told the audience that I went to college in Buffalo and I have a, a real soft spot in my heart for uh, Buffalo, New York. Billy, I just want to say um, it's Bill, just can you hear unbelievable. Can, can you hear me, Bill? Yeah, I can yeah, hear you. Bill? Okay. I just want to say it's yeah. really, really yeah. unbelievable. Do you have me, Bill? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. It's just, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just unbelievable what took place yesterday in Buffalo. Uh, as I said to you earlier, we both saw the video. Uh, it's just horrendous. Uh, I don't know what went on in this young man's life that that made him do such a, a horrific thing, but it's just uh, unbelievable. Uh, as you mentioned, the uh, retired Buffalo police officer, I think you said his name was Aaron Saunter, uh, a true hero. He was completely outgunned by this individual. Uh, however, he didn't hesitate to take him on. They had an exchange of gunfire. He was obviously killed. Uh, the uh, gunman was wearing this heavy plated armor that uh, protected him from the bullets. Um, and it sounds like from what we know that he was going to eventually commit suicide. However, something went wrong and he was uh, taken alive, which I think is actually uh, something that, you know, maybe there could be some investigation into what went on in this man's life that made him do such a thing. And, uh, you know, uh, I really don't have any words. Uh, you mentioned all those different shootings. Uh, if you go back to the Texas Tower shooting, uh, the amount of bravery that went on in that specific case, that was in the 60s, where uh, an off-duty police officer made his way to the location where this guy was up in the tower firing shots, and he eventually took out the shooter. So the bravery that uh, goes behind law enforcement is really remarkable. Uh, we have to applaud the law enforcement officers that responded. Like you said, they went in uh, up against a madman with a high-powered uh, rifle, and uh, they were able to uh, to take him into custody. Now, uh, it, it may have prevented even more death and destruction uh, at this Buffalo supermarket, but uh, just horrendous. Uh, race plays a, a part in this. Apparently, uh, we're seeing that come to the uh, surface in this case. Um, I think that... Uh, you know, the, the race relations in the country have been stoked recently by politicians and such. And uh, we need to uh, just stop and and box uh, uh, an African-American woman. And she said something I thought really was powerful. She said, we all bleed red. We all bleed red. Color does not mean. Folks, I'm going to fill up. He uh, faded out a little bit. I'm going to play a little bit more of the um, some of the law enforcement on the scene yesterday, uh, and let's hear what they had to say. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Gramalia. As your sheriff and on behalf of the uh, men and women of the Erie County Sheriff's Office, our condolences to the victims and their families. From a law enforcement standpoint, the Erie County Sheriff's Office responded, boots on the ground, deputies, Investigators, our helicopter in the air, our uh, SWAT team on standby. And as Commissioner Grimalia said, we are working together every single day to keep the community safe. This was pure evil. It was straight up racially motivated hate crime. But outside of our community, outside of the city of good neighbors, as the mayor said, coming into our community and trying to inflict that evil upon us. I urge everyone to stay calm and uh, we are there to protect uh, the citizens of um, Erie County and Buffalo. And we'll be out there along with the uh, city of Buffalo Police Department patrolling. And uh, again, my condolences to the family and um, of pure evil. You know, folks, one of the things we're seeing in the chat, and I mentioned it before, is that this individual, Peyton Gendron, was flagged a few months ago for threatening to shoot up his school. And despite that, uh, and I don't know what the procedures are, I would imagine he was forced to get uh, mental health evaluation. 
And however, he was still able to buy these firearms post this incident. That's disturbing. And we've seen time and time again in these active shooter incidents that they were on the radar. They were on the radar of law enforcement and somehow they still were able to obtain firearms. Morgan Ashley, uh, Pr uh, Buffalo Proud and Buffalo Strong. Yeah, I mentioned to you, uh, you're another, um, you go to Buffalo State. I was an alumnus, I'm an alumnus of Buffalo State College. I went there. I don't like to say what year I graduated. It was 1980. I graduated from Buffalo State College with my bachelor's degree. But as I said earlier, I have a, a warm spot in my heart for Buffalo. The people from Buffalo are great people. I think they call them the good neighbor people, and that fits uh, Buffalo uh, to a T, no doubt, that they're great people. Uh, let me continue this little press conference they had yesterday. Thank you. I'm Stephen Belongia. I'm the special agent in charge of the FBI's Buffalo field office. We stand here today confronted with feelings of anger, shock, confusion, fear, and compassion. We feel motivated to help and relieve the anguish of those who were killed and injured today and their families and friends. These victims did not, did not deserve this. They were doing what we do every day, going to the grocery store or simply um, simply doing our jobs. The FBI is working this case jointly with our partners, with the Buffalo PD and our other federal, state, and local partners. We are investigating this incident as both a hate crime and a case of racially motivated violent extremism. Hate crimes fall within the FBI's criminal investigative division and racially motivated violent extremism cases fall within the FBI's counterterrorism division within our domestic terrorism section. The FBI is providing all necessary resources both locally and nationally to investigate this matter. We will not stop until every lead is investigated, every piece of evidence is analyzed, and until we understand how and why this horrible tragedy and crime occurred. Our thoughts and our prayers are with the family and the victims uh, who died today. I'm Trini Ross, I'm the United States Attorney for the Western District of New York. I want to start by saying my thoughts and heartfelt prayers go to the family, the victims, and the community that had to suffer this great and unnecessary tragedy today. We're working with our state, federal, and local law enforcement partners, as, you, as you've already heard from, to ensure that justice is brought to this community, to those victims, to their families. The United States Attorney's Office will be investigating this case along with our law enforcement partners as a hate crime and domestic violent extremism. I'm in touch with the highest levels of the Department of Justice. Resources will be put behind this investigation. Whatever we need, we will not stop until justice is brought to this community, those families, and the victims of this horrific crime. I can assure you as the United States Attorney, I will bring whatever resources we need to this community to make sure that justice is done. This should never happen to anyone in any community. It surely shouldn't happen on a beautiful Saturday when people are just shopping and going through normal life events. We will ensure that the perpetrator of this victim is given justice and justice will be done for this community. I'm the last. All right. Uh, let me first start out by saying thank you. Thank you to all my partners in law enforcement here, um, from the federal, state, local level. Uh, the the amount of work that's been done so far has been extraordinary. The amount of information that's been gathered so far has been outstanding. And for everyone involved here, from Trini to BPD, to the state police, to the sheriff, uh, I cannot thank enough. We here in Erie County, though, um, are not waiting. Uh, I have already called a judge 
uh, Judge Hanna to come downtown immediately and arraign this individual. So within the next hour, uh, this individual will be arraigned on a, a charge of murder in the first degree. I, I am not even gonna mention his name right now. Uh, one, because the arraignment hasn't occurred, but more importantly, I don't wanna give him any celebrityism at all right now. I don't wanna give him anything right now that puts attention on him and the alleged, and again, I say alleged, despicable acts that were committed today in our great city. So I'm not gonna give you his name right now. Um, I'll give it to you after we do, after I issue a press release, after he's been arraigned. So you can see um, emotions are strong in Buffalo. Uh, their leaders, their police, everyone's going to be affected by this. I mean, not just, and you know, of course, the the community of Buffalo mostly, but even people outside of Buffalo. This is like a wound for the whole nation. I always felt that these active shooter incidents were were just so horrendous that even if you weren't there, and even if you uh, don't know anyone that's involved in it. It's like a dagger to the heart of society, of civility. Of uh, It's just to, ima to imagine that someone could just go in and shoot people that they don't even know because of hatred, whether it's racial hatred or bias or religion or whatever it is, just go and shoot people for no reason. It's a type of hatred that, that I, I have a hard time to understanding. Phil, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Billy, I don't think there's any way to understand it. After seeing that video, he exits the vehicle. The minute he's out of the vehicle, he begins shooting people outside the supermarket. People are just walking, doing their Saturday afternoon grocery shopping, whether they're entering or exiting the supermarket. He just opens up. Then he begins to shoot through the window at people that were inside. And then he enters the supermarket and he goes on this rampage. I mean, there's no words to explain the disbelief that I'm feeling. I just, I can't even imagine it. Uh, that's what I said to you, Billy, uh, earlier before we went on the air. What could have gone on in this individual's life? What could have gone on to make him have such hate and such, uh, the, you know, disdain for people that he would go on this rampage? It's just unbelievable. And I agree with that person in the uh, in the press conference. I don't think we should say his name. You want to say a name, say the name of the hero retired Buffalo police officer. I believe it was Aaron Saunter that took on this individual. That's the name that should be uh, talked about uh, in this horrible incident. Don't mention his name. He's he's a scumbag that, that should rot and burn in hell. And uh, forgive me for my emotions taking over for a second, but it's just horrendous. No one should ever have to experience this horrible, horrible situation. I feel for the people in that town. Uh, innocent. Talk about innocent. Shopping on a Saturday afternoon. And your life is just taken out in, in a split second. Disgusting. And, and I really have no words. And, and the other thing that you said, Billy, that really is very, very troubling he was on the radar screen for threatening to shoot up a school. There needs to be a system in place that when someone makes that type of a threat, that they cannot, and I repeat, cannot get their hands on a firearm. It's just unbelievable that he actually said that. He threatened the school. They sent him for a psych evaluation. And then lo and behold, uh, post that, he's able to get his hands on, on a high-powered rifle. You know, Phil not, even get, Phil, not even get your hands on a firearm, but remove the potential firearms you already have. They should be removed from you. Yeah. 100%. Whatever firearms are in the home of a person that makes that statement, whether it belongs to the person or others in the home, they should be removed. Because we know from Sandy Hook and we know from other shootings that uh, if there's firearms in the home and somebody's got those kind of thoughts in their head, we need to stop it and remove the firearms. And that way the threat will be somewhat reduced. I won't say 100% reduced because there's always possibility they can attain firearms illegally. But I think if a person possesses firearms and makes a threat like that, there has to be a system in place where they cannot have those firearms. They'd be removed or they should not be allowed to purchase those firearms. Period. End of story. This could have been averted. Uh, it's disgusting to think about. And I, I just hope that uh, 
something good could come out of this and, and perhaps there'll be a, uh, a system in place to prevent it from ever happening again. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. If you're not subscribed to us, please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. And if you want to help support us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. You can help us out with that. And if you want to join our YouTube family, be a channel member, you can go on our YouTube. We have five different levels of that. You can see the folks with the green font in the chat. They're all part of the Police Off the Cuff YouTube family, and we appreciate all of their... um, the help and the support they give to this. Uh, New York State FOIL Auditor, I visit the Topps neighborhood supermarket that is gathering point for the community. To gather and socialize, there's also a public school across the street. Thank God it was not a school day. Like, well, you know, this was one of the things they keep talking about, and I, again, they don't want to list this individual, so I'm going to put his picture up on the screen. Uh, footage from the live stream posted on the video platform Twitch shows a man decked out in military garb filming from a helmet-mounted camera before exiting the car with a rifle on which he appears to have uh, painted racist slurs. A spokesman for Twitch confirmed to the Daily Beast that the shooting was broadcast live on the platform by a person with the username Jimbo Bowie. They said they were vigorously monitoring to shut down any restreams of the horrifying footage. Uh, a person using the same social media handle as Gendron's Twitch account. She had racist and anti-Semitic comments on Reddit and Discord in the months before the attack. So it appears that they've had warnings about this guy, that they he was on the radar screen of law enforcement, yet he was he was able to perpetrate this horrendous attack on this innocent community at a top store on a Saturday afternoon. It just... It's beyond horror. It's just beyond, you know, any, you know, they keep talking about this was a hate crime. Absolutely, it was a, a hate crime and it was racially motivated, but he's killing people, you know. Killing people is, is the main crime, you know. It's, we can't, um, we can't lose sight of that. Um, I love labs. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not, I can't read that right now. Um, I want to Billy, know with the, uh, with the fact that he that he made this statement that he was going to shoot up the school. Shouldn't there have been a deep dive into his social media to see what type of uh, social media postings there were or what he was searching? I mean, that could have prevented it as well. I mean, when, when you have a, a, a person making statements that they're going to shoot up a school or, or, or threatening any kind of violence, there should be a system in place that they can go into that person's social media, their computer their cell phone, whatever it may be, and do an investigation and say, well, wait a second, hold on, this guy is uh, on these white supremacist or whatever it is, these racially motivated uh, sites, uh, these hate sites, and, uh, you know, then uh, maybe you could bring the FBI involved into it and prevent something like this. I, I don't believe that there was uh, any investigation done to do that uh, from what we know right now. So if he's making these statements and they did refer him for a psychological evaluation, I think there could have been further follow-up into his social media and, and perhaps that could have, uh, you know, led the investigation to, to perhaps remove guns or, or keep this individual under, under surveillance and prevent them from, uh, from getting those guns. Yeah. I mean, look, in a lot of these active shooter incidents, we see when we do the, a deep dive into the investigation, we see that law enforcement uh, had knowledge of the person. So perhaps it's that they cannot, shut them down unless they really have a probable cause of a crime being committed. So that that could be part of this problem. But this isn't the first time in an active shooter incident that we've seen the guy was on law enforcement's radar. So the apparent motivation that investigators are working with right now in terms of where he came from, talking about a three-hour drive southeast of here, close to the Pennsylvania border. I want you to hear directly from uh, Erie County Sheriff John Garcia as he uh, tries to, to just describe how this investigation is being handled. This was pure evil. It was straight up racially motivated hate crime from somebody outside of our community, outside of the city of Good Neighbors, as the mayor said, coming into our community and trying to inflict that evil upon us. 
That suspect already charged with first-degree murder uh, yesterday afternoon, but uh, as you mentioned a while ago, those charges will likely begin to add up with more charges expected, not to mention that federal component of this investigation. But there are, there's so much evidence to pour over. There's the 180-page manifesto that investigators are looking into that they believe may have been written by that suspect and had been posted online just days before the shooting itself, uh, and also witness statements. And then, of course, what he could potentially tell investigators as well as we uh, today will seek to learn more about the people, the families affected, including a security guard that tried to actually shoot the suspect. In fact, actually managed to land, uh, managed to land around because the, su the suspect was wearing that body armor. That round was ineffective. Uh, and that's when the suspect, police say, turned his attention on that security guard uh, and then shot and killed him. Uh, in terms of what we also expect will be more about what state authorities will be doing. I had an opportunity to speak briefly with Attorney General Letitia James yesterday, who says among uh, many different things that they'll be reviewing will be social media platforms, including some of these live streaming platforms, uh, including the one that was used to live stream a portion of that attack. Of course, that company has spoken out more saying that they are devastated and they took down that live stream only minutes after the violence began. Hello, Sandoval. We appreciate all of the details. Thank you so much. I want to go to CNN White House reporter Jasmine Wright. Jasmine, always good to see you. I know President Biden has been briefed on the shooting, obviously. What is the response from the White House? President Biden is mourning the victims of this tragic shooting, but he's also calling for action after he was briefed on Saturday. In a statement released late last night, he said that more needs to be learned about the motivations of this shooting, making way really for a thorough investigation. And he also said, Christy Boris, one thing is clear, and I want to read you this part. He said a racially motivated hate crime is abhorrent to the very fabric of this nation. Any act of domestic terrorism, including an act perpetrated in the name of a repugnant white nationalist ideology, is antithetical to everything we stand for in America. Now, the president added that we must do everything in our power to end the hate-fueled domestic terrorism. And in this statement released last night, he also thanked uh, first responders and other law uh, uh, law enforcement officials. Now, we will see the president today leaving his home here in Wilmington, heading to Washington, D.C., where he is expected to attend the National Law Enforcement Office Memorial, where he and the First Lady will lay a wreath and also give remarks. Now, I think we can expect the president to tap into that role of consoler in chief, really returning to that as this nation mourns this tragic event. Jasmine Wright traveling with the president in Wilmington, Delaware. Thank you so much. Let's get straight to some expert analysis now with CNN national security analyst, Juliet Kayyem. Juliet, always great to have you. Uh, always unfortunate that it, it's often under these circumstances. Um, CNN has independently obtained this shooter's alleged writings, much of it lifted directly from uh, the darkest corners of the internet. The shooter describing himself as a white supremacist, as an anti-Semite, exposing that uh, fringe conspiracy theory that white people are being systematically replaced in this country. It's very similar to other far-right terrorists that we've seen before. This strikes me as a copycat type attack. Is that a fair assessment? It is. And I think it's, it, I think the manifesto exposes, I think the limitations of the way we tend to think about these kinds of attacks as sort of lone wolf, what can we learn about him? What motivated him? I think what we see is that there's an entire apparatus of, uh, you know, connective tissue, connecting these cases, connecting this hate uh, and supporting essentially the efforts that we saw the hunt that we saw on Saturday. It, the manifesto itself is is not rambling. We shouldn't think of these people as crazy. It's it's actually just absorbing uh, the 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 language of hate that we hear in the public space, that we hear in the media space, and in particular, as you note, the white replacement uh, theory of, of of racism, and uh, it, and and it matters because a white replacement theory is based on a, a belief. Uh, that the pie is limited, the American pie is limited, and that the existence of the other, in this case, African-Americans, but we've seen it with Hispanic-Americans in, in the rampage in Texas, the existence of them threatens 
my ability as the white man to be able to exist in America. And therefore, it justifies violence. In other words, it is a it is not just racism. It is a violent racism because you have to rid yourself of these people. And this is the 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 motivation that is. You know, I, I just um, I'm not I'm not agreeing with this woman. I think there's hatred involved. But I think there's also a, a huge portion of this is mental illness. And I, I think it's people that are mentally unstable having guns combined with hatred and mental illness is a, a you know, three strikes you're out philosophy. But I don't think what she's saying is going to help this situation. Uh, and I think, you know, there's been enough active shooter incidents in this country um, that, uh, you know, this is this is what it is i think it's mental illness combined with hatred and firearms billy i think you're right about that the fact that he's mentally ill and then he keys in on this uh racial component to the whole thing and it just accelerates and then you can find on the dark web people that uh support this type of uh insanity and uh, again, like you said, then there's you, you put the weapon component into it and you have a recipe for disaster. Um, it's just unbelievable. I would like to find out what the uh, family knew, whoever he was living with, mother, father, uh, uh, family members. If they knew that the, he had these uh, these uh, weapons and, uh, you know, he had made these statements about, uh, you know, committing a, a, a shooting at a school and uh it should have definitely been acted upon if uh, the family members do about it. I mean, the, the kid's obviously unstable. He's psychotic, makes these statements. Uh, just, just, I don't even know what to say. It's just terrible. And I think that uh, if the family knew that he was acting this way and they didn't secure those firearms or remove those firearms from the home, well, that's just, uh, that's just terrible on their part. They're going to have to live with that. Let me just play a little bit of this here. An 18-year-old white male has been arrested and charged with first-degree murder for a mass shooting at a supermarket in Buffalo, New York, in what authorities called an act of racially motivated violent extremism. Authorities say at least 10 people have been reported dead from the shooting, which took place in a predominantly black neighborhood in Buffalo on Saturday afternoon. Buffalo Police Commissioner Joseph Gramaglia said, the suspect was armed with an assault-style rifle and body armor when he opened fire in the parking lot while live-streaming the attack on Twitch. He worked his way back towards the front of the store. Buffalo police immediately respond, engage the suspect in the vestibule of the store. And at that point, the suspect put the gun to his own neck. Buffalo police personnel, two patrol officers, talked the suspect into dropping the gun. He dropped the gun, took off some of his tactical gear, surrendered at that point. Officials said 11 of the 13 people struck by gunfire were black and that the attack would be investigated both as a hate crime and an act of racially motivated violent extremism under federal law. Twitch said in the statement that it removed the live stream of the attack less than two minutes after it started and was working to ensure no other accounts reposted the content. Speaking at the suspect's arraignment on Saturday, New York Governor Kathy Hochul said, such live streams were responsible for a feeding frenzy of violent extremist ideology. She also pledged to introduce previously planned gun control legislation on Tuesday. You know, Phil, they can never stop getting mileage out of this. There's enough gun laws. They, they, we got to go after the trigger puller, not the gun laws. We have tons of laws. Hochul couldn't resist, couldn't resist herself. To address loopholes in state laws. To see that sense of shattered by an individual, a white supremacist has engaged in an act of terrorism and will be prosecuted as such. It strikes us in our very hearts to know that there's such evil that lurks out there. Documents attributed to the suspect have been circulating online, including a to-do list for the attack as well as a 180-page manifesto alleging that minorities are replacing white people worldwide. A district attorney spokesperson declined to comment on the documents, while the FBI could not immediately be reached for comment. If convicted, the suspect faces a maximum penalty of life in prison without parole.
You know, Phil, many people in the chat are talking about the dark web and the uh, responsibility that the internet has in potentially raising some of these, um, the hatred that goes around uh, this country and fermenting the hatred. And what, what, you have any opinion on that? Yes, I do, Billy. I think that uh, the social media platforms, they have uh, algorithms that could catch these things and perhaps terminate the, uh, the live stream. But there's uh, also another component, you know, there's uh, different political groups that will push to have certain things said by, let's say, conservatives taken off the Internet or removed from the Internet. When, uh, like, for instance, the Hunter Biden story was removed from all social media and now it turns out to be true. So we have uh, the ability to censor certain things. But it seems like they're doing it in a political manner as opposed to a safety manner. Now, if someone is spewing hatred and calling for uh, an uprising because white people are being replaced by minorities, which is completely insane and ridiculous, that's what should be censored. I mean, you know, uh, the, the politicians, they want to take their victory lap the minute something like this happens, which is I find very, very uh, reprehensible and disgusting. I think that when something like this happens, we need to respect the individuals that were, were killed, uh, give the uh, families uh, the respect to mourn. And, you know, d uh, days down the line, weeks down the line, then maybe you can make political statements. I don't think they should be attached at the same time right after something like this happens. But uh, the government needs to be able to uh, not censor so much, but to regulate social media that it, it's all it's like the wild west what goes on you can censor things that are true uh related to hunter biden but you can't censor uh hate-filled uh dark web areas of, of the internet that talk about uprisings and those things like white people are being replaced by it's insane but the politicians could do a better job uh, listen, like you said, we got to target the trigger puller. The guns getting into the hands of the trigger puller, that's the problem. Not the gun, it's the person that's pulling the trigger on the gun, like you stated, Billy. And this guy obviously was off. He obviously had mental illness. I mean, it's clear to see. And, you know, the red flags were there. And I don't want to knock anybody, but the red flags were there. He made these horrible statements about shooting up a high school. They sent him for a psych evaluation. And, and lo and behold, he winds up uh, with his hands on a high-powered rifle and, 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 you know, inflicts carnage on this city in Buffalo. It's just terrible. Uh, the, the web needs to be regulated better, definitely. Yeah, I, I think you're social right. Media. This, this fellow that I'm going to put up on the screen, he actually had a conversation with the shooter the day before this occurred. So it, it, it was clear if that's true, that he was doing a recon of the area, checking it out and doing almost like a, a cold run. And I heard a gunshot and I looked up, I seen a whole bunch of smoke and I seen a guy in full army fatigue, just shooting, going from left to right, left to right, just shooting people. And I thought I was an act at first, Cause that just that's nutty to see, and then I seen a security guy run inside, and then I seen a guy go in after him shooting, and I heard twenty to thirty shots. And then I'm like, oh, this is for real. And after a minute or two, I hear the echoes of shots inside. He comes out, he takes the gun, put it to his chin, then he drops it. Oh, there goes Teeny's wife. Then he drops it, and then he took his gloves off. He put something on his boots. Yes, his wife. And then he took um, his bulletproof vest off, and then he got on his knees, and he laid down, put his hands behind his back, and then they arrested him. Some white guy, fully. I couldn't. I couldn't tell uh, how old he was because he had them army glasses on, hat on. It was um, unbelievable. So. So, folks, that was a, uh, a person who was a witness in the parking lot that actually uh, claimed to have spoken to the shooter the day before. So this was being planned, apparently, uh, for months. And if, if we believe this individual from the parking lot, um, he had spoken to him the day before. So what we call that, he could have potentially um, uh, did a recon, you know, a reconnaissance of the area 
to check it out uh, before he actually did the dirty deed that he expected uh, uh, the day before. Um, it, it's just, you know, it, it is incredible. It's, um, I can't imagine what the, the, uh, the community in Buffalo is going through right now. Very sad. Uh, these po- the people uh, that were victims of this are just going about their business, living their lives on a Saturday, going to a supermarket, and uh, here they meet up with some psychotic shooter that is just uh, you, ju- you just cannot make this stuff up. It just it just is a heinous thing. And in this country, we've had active shooters all over the damn uh, country. And in fact, we usually get anywhere from 12 to 15 of these incidents per year. So it's not something that would, and I can't say we're used to. You should never ever get used to this. But it's not something that is foreign to us. Let me put it that way. It happens. It happens far too often, and you know, the investigation of these things always, uh, you know, always uncovers. Well, usually uncovers that the shooter had had contact previously with law enforcement. There had been a warning. So on the screen, we have uh, the vehicle of Buffalo Police, the proud Buffalo Police, who did an unbelievable job responding uh, to this situation. Uh, Kudos preventing any further carnage by bravely uh, taking on this gunman and taking him down and taking him into custody. Can't say enough about law enforcement. Law enforcement always answers the call. Billy, you know, a lot of times uh, they talked about a recon. We call that a dry run. He may have gone into the area, uh, checked things out, scoped things out. Apparently, he lives uh, three hours away from where the shooting took place. So there was something that drew him to that area. God only knows what uh, d- delusional uh, thoughts were going through his mind. But uh, again, uh, you have the defund the police politicians and the, the general, uh, you know, defund the police atmosphere around the country. Uh, instead of defunding the police, let's refund the police, give them this active shooter training so that way they could respond quickly, get into the area, terminate the threat and prevent loss of life and carnage. That's what we should be focusing on in times like this. This ridiculous atmosphere of defund the police. Well, uh, just think about if there were no police officers in that area, what could have happened? This is the time to call for not defunding the police, refunding the police, and giving them the training that's needed, specifically active shooter training, which has been taking place since... uh, many years now with all the uh, different active shootings that have gone on in, in recent history. Uh, I, I just can't even uh, think about defunding the police. It, it's just insane. I, I don't even know where these people come from with these insane, uh, yeah. you know, statements about defunding the police. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Rhino T, the media and politicians on both sides are making people crazy. The stress oh, yeah. is just too much praying for peace and calmness uh me too rhino t absolutely uh they said it was racially motivated uh shorty 140 uh, they said it was racially motivated because he had a manifesto and wrote the n-word on his gun that that happens to be true Helga rodriguez stop minimizing what he did being racist is not a mental illness i am not minimizing what he did we we are taking this tremendously seriously and that he killed 10 people we were talking about the hatred early on and uh, the hatred and the racial animus. But we also have to mention that this guy probably had a mental illness uh, because he had been flagged before for threatening to shoot up his high school. So I'm not remiss in my duties to mention that, and I'm not minimizing what he did. What he did was horrendous. It's a hate crime, and he deserves the full weight of the criminal justice system to come down on him. Billy, let me comment on that because I, I agree with you 100%. There are people in the world that have hate in their hearts and they don't go out and do what this individual did. So there's definitely a mental component to this thing. It's not minimizing. He's a racist. You know, there's 100 percent that he wrote that horrible thing on his gun. He's definitely a racist. It's definitely a racial component. We know that for a fact. But to take it to that next level, to be psychotic and, and, and homicidal. That's a, a, a psychological, a, a mental illness component. And that's the point you're trying to make, Bill, I believe. And, and I think that that's definitely uh, 
100% a part of this of this situation you know there are many people that hate different uh you know other ethnicities than their own but they don't go out and do this type of thing and hate is terrible i I agree you know that's terrible to have hate in your heart you should not have hate in your heart and us as law enforcement officers we go across the spectrum to protect everyone we don't say we're just going to protect white or black or whatever it is We, we we believe in there is no such thing as hate there is no such thing as as color boundaries and you know you're making a very good point this individual had 100 had to be psychologically imbalanced and, and psychological issues and psychotic and homicidal and that's the next level from hate I, I believe so i think that was a great point that you made billy and i disagree with that person that said that uh you're minimizing it 100 that's not true the worst nightmare that any community can face and we are hurting and we are seething right now as a community. Authorities say the 18-year-old suspect was quickly taken into custody after carrying out the nation's latest mass shooting. And so I saw him doing this and I'm like, I don't got a phone on me. So I'm like, somebody, I'm screaming, called him, somebody called the police. The FBI questioned Peyton Gendron late Saturday and he was later arraigned and charged with first degree murder. The shooter traveled hours from outside this community to perpetrate this crime on the people of Buffalo. Police say the suspected shooter drove many miles across the state before the attack in a predominantly black neighborhood. A law enforcement source tells CBS News he was yelling racial slurs during the shooting spree. This was pure evil. It was straight up racially motivated hate crime. The FBI is involved in the investigation Governor Kathy Hochul says New York's Hate Crimes Task Force is also taking part. Michael George, CBS News, New York. Well, a court hearing is scheduled for next week. The Buffalo shooting happened just over a year after an attack that killed 10 people at a grocery store in Colorado. So, uh, you know, this is where the community finds itself. Um, We definitely uh, pray for the people in Buffalo that they, they can get over this horrendous, horrendous situation that occurred. It's just is something that um, sh- should never happen in any community. And uh, again, how a community recovers from this, they're going to need a lot of counseling. They're going to need a lot of help from both the, uh, the state and the federal government. And we, we hope that especially the Buffalo community uh, can recover from this horrendous, horrendous act, cowardly act, you know, hate-filled act, a cowardly act, uh, racist act, whatever you want to call it, I'll call it. And, you know, uh, it, it's it's just on a horrendous Mass situation. so far this year in America. Yes, sir. I understand my charges. Peyton Gendron did not say much inside a Buffalo courtroom hours after investigators say he carried out a mass killing inside a supermarket in a predominantly black neighborhood. A white supremacist who has engaged in an act of terrorism and will be prosecuted as such. That charge of murder in the first degree carries with it a life without parole sentence. Overnight, police searched Gendron's home in Conklin, New York, a small town about 200 miles from Buffalo. They are also combing through 180 pages of online writings, which included details of the planned attack and racist theories about white people being replaced. The shooting massacre began around 2.30 yesterday afternoon. Police say four people were shot in the parking lot. The gunman then entered the supermarket and continued shooting. He did encounter a security guard, a retired Buffalo police officer who returned fire. Like something out, out of out of a war movie, just nonstop shooting, people running, screaming. The person was in tactical gear, a lot of guns, a lot of some kind of armor or something. In the end, 13 people were shot, 10 killed, including that security guard. 11 of the victims were black. I never thought in my lifetime at my age that I would live to see something like this in my community. After police arrived and the shooting ended, investigators say Ginger thought about taking his own life. The suspect put the gun to his own neck. Buffalo police personnel Two patrol officers uh, talked the suspect into dropping the gun. He dropped the gun, took off some of his tactical gear, surrendered at that point. 
And we're also learning some disturbing new information from law enforcement sources to tell ABC News that the suspected gunman here actually threatened to shoot up a high school graduation last June. There were no charges filed in that situation, but he did have to undergo a mental health evaluation and undergo some counseling. But of course, now he's accused of carrying out the deadliest mass shooting we've seen this year in America. John and Rachel. Derek, I understand he does have this manifesto that he put together. Are we learning any more information about what may be in that document? Uh, yes, actually, I just spoke with uh, a representative from the Anti-Defamation League, and he's actually concerned about this because that 180-page document included some ramblings about of anti-Semitism as well. So um, he, this is a hateful person, it seems like, from this uh, this document that uh, investigators are now looking at online, uh, radicalized from things he saw on the Internet, and he was out to uh, inflict uh, pain on uh, non-white people. We're reporting live here in Buffalo, New York. I'm Derek Waller for ABC7 Eyewitness News. So, folks, uh, you know, it's a horrendous situation. We can't make light of it. We uh, defined earlier on in the broadcast what an active shooter is. Uh, he, he is exactly that. He's an active shooter. He's also a racist. Uh, he, this was a hate crime. All of those things. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to check all the boxes so that people don't, accuse us of being biased in any way. This was a hate crime, there's no doubt. And, um, you know, as I said, I went to college in Buffalo and I have a very warm place in my heart for um, for Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. And it's this situation, I, I hope the um, community can get over it uh, quickly, but uh, there's nothing uh, like this before. I'm just going to take a quick commercial break. If you need an attorney in the uh, New York City metropolitan area, Joe Murray's your guy. Joe's a retired NYTB, NYPD police officer who's also one of the finest criminal defense attorneys. You can reach Joe on his cell at 718-514-3855, or you can email him at joe at jmurray-law.com. He also has a website, jmurray-law.com. For all your legal needs, Joe Murray's your guy. Well, Phil, I, I guess final words. Uh, this is a disturbing occurrence, but... Uh, Final words? Final words are, uh, if you're religious, uh, say a prayer for the families of the people who were killed. Uh, have a positive thought. If you're not religious, as you go about your Sunday afternoon, just take a, a, a minute to think about what happened and know that you're in a safe area, you're in a safe place, and you don't have to be going through this. And let's hope and pray that we can get through this. Like you said, the people of that area, they're going to need uh, counseling, they're going to need support. Uh, let's get through it and let's try to prevent it. And let's stop talking about the ridiculous to fund the police nonsense. Those heroes, that security officer, retired Buffalo police officer, that's the heroes we should be talking about. And the uh, officers that responded were able to take this guy into custody without incident. Um, I don't know, Bill. It's just, it's a head scratcher here how this uh, even goes on in, in 2022. Uh, Again, just uh, thoughts and prayers for those people. God bless them, and uh, let's hope that they can uh, they cannot be killed in vain. And let's hope that uh, there is some way to prevent this type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely, folks. Just um, your thoughts and prayers with the people from Buffalo and uh, from Police Off the Cuff. I'm Bill Cannon. Have a, a great rest of your Sunday. God bless. Stay safe, everyone. So just sitting in the